children of all drinking ages. It's another week. It's another episode of Cincy Brewcast. We are dealing with all of the chaos that normally comes with the Brewcast, so bear with me, but uh, we're live, as you can tell, by the chaos. We are live at Fretboard after trying to get here for how long trying to get a show done with you guys, and we finally nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> Three or four months? <laughs> get right in on the microphones here for me, too, yeah. just so I can... All right, well, we start the show the same way every single time we do the show because that's kind of what you do when you do a beer podcast. We drink beer, and there's a whole bunch of beer and French toast sticks <laughs> in front of me, so we need to get to that first. My favorite segment. From the beer fridge. It'll also give me a moment to get the sound fixed as we go. Sure. Um, where do you guys want me to start with some beer? Tell me what I've got in front of me. Tell me yeah, what to drink. Yeah, I gave you a, a light flight and a, another flight that uh, <laughs> showcases some hops, and then we'll uh, segue into a, a more heftier beer, kind of a one-off that we're doing. So I'd start with uh, uh, the one on your furthest right there. This uh, one here? Yeah, and start from A to D. So um, A is one that I've been really wanting Reba. to try. I have... A weird summertime love for strawberry right. beers. You know, Soul Drifter has always been one of my yeah. go-to's by the pool. Um, of course, Urban Artifact has some that aren't so light that are fantastic by the pool that aren't around long enough. But um, so I'm really excited to try this one. Yeah, please do. Um, you know, it's a fruit beer is a style of beer that is um, uh, definitely on fire. Has been for a while. Uh, I'd say it's in those top five categories behind being you know strictly local or IPAs, sours, uh, I think fruit beers are right there as well. Um, so what we did here was um, made a strawberry blonde. Um, blonde ale is 5.3%. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. 5.3%. Uh, added a little bit of strawberry strawberry in there. It's got that gorgeous rosé Provence color to it. Um, and then shows you that strawberries are dry. This is not a sweet beer. I mean, this is definitely a... Uh, beer with strawberry, not a strawberry beer. So, well, and that's you know, there's when when you're especially when you're sitting outside in the heat, you want something that is light. You want something that you can drink a few of. And I think sometimes the sweetness with some of those you know big kind of beers or big fruity kind of beers is what makes it less sessionable to me versus something that is a little drier that I can drink more of. And, yeah, you know, know this is. And it's a beer the color that's, is that awesome. it is. It, it's it's very pretty. I mean, it's an elegant beer. It's fun to drink. It's got a great name. I mean, everything we do at Fretboard, being you know having the musical background, is we try to name it all of our looks beers. Looks like a glass of wine. It does. Yeah, it that, does. And, and yeah. That, that's like a it's a double bonus yeah, for us, right? Because yeah. we'll appeal to another crowd of uh, maybe potentially non-beer drinkers. Right. So. so so everything we do at Fretboard with our names minus one beer, we try to be. Uh, very clever uh, with our musical background, uh, naming you know beers after albums or musicians or instruments, and so uh, we gave this young lady the name of Reba, uh, with Reba McIntyre in mind, uh, with the strawberry and the red, and she's she's real fancy, so uh, <laughs> we like her a lot, man. She lives in that world of cocktail drinker, beer drinker, wine yep. drinker, so she's going to do some cool things for us. Yeah, you should serve it like in a wine glass, be, the <laughs> or out of a box. That'd be even better. If we could do it out of a box. <laughs> no, this is this is fantastic. It's going to be around, I assume, for the summer. Oh, and and, yes. and yeah, definitely to start and probably even beyond. I mean, you know, the idea here is, is we're gonna, you know, we'll let we'll let everybody kind of dictate to us how long she sticks around. But uh, um, I think that's something we can hang our hat on. So we're, we're proud of it, and yeah. we'll keep making it. I mean, we the first batch 
first batch flew out of here, so um, we're make excited it, about it. another batch again tomorrow. Yeah, so we're excited about the potential there. We, I just realized we just kind of jumped into this and we didn't even introduce you guys. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Backtrack. It's, it's my first time, guys. Cool. Come on, <laughs> so Brad and Danny yes. from Fretboard. Danny kind of... Uh, what March you came on board? Yeah, here, sound right? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and and yeah, right before St. Patrick's Day, I yep. think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anybody who's listening to the show probably knows who you are, though. I assume that everybody's listening is from Cincinnati, and they're all beer drinkers. Uh, from Quaff Brothers, from uh, Eight Ball, the Party Source. Um, kind of, I mean, can we call you a local beer legend at this point? Is that, have you earned that title? I don't know. I don't know about titles. I'm just having a lot of fun. And, uh, um, you know, that's why I got into this thing is to have fun. So, um, well, and, and it's been good to me. The beer business has been good to me. We'll, we'll talk kind of about you coming on board here sure. and, and Kevin coming on board here too. Sure. There's, you know, a lot of, a lot of things have happened here at fretboard that have they kind have. of got everybody to turn their heads and be like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. Guess, guess we need to go out there and see what's going on there because <laughs> um, people are definitely talking about you guys lately. So. That's awesome. Um, but let's keep working through a couple beers here. Sure, sure. sure. So from after Reba, um, you know, Flat. we really want to get in front of this whole lager pilsner movement. Um, and uh, I think Vlad showcases uh, that we're doing that. Um, you know, this has been another uh, top seller for us. Um, you know, it's crisp, it's clean, it's got good minerality. Now, you know, uh, I've been around some pretty good Czech Pilsners in my days locally, um, going back to the eight ball reference. Oh, but yeah. uh, uh, my bar was set pretty high. But these guys at Fretboard, they make a killer, killer Czech Pils. And it's got that corn kind of um, sweetness that gives us some body and depth. But uh, it's all about that dry acidity and just crushable, crushable beer. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, you know, when when Mike did the show with me, he always kind of he, he said, you know, that's, that's that's my test for a brewery. I, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to make any judgment until they <laughs> yeah. put out a Czech Pilsner for yep. me. Then I can try it. They um, are. Yeah. They are. And it's, I mean, you, you put out a good yellow beer. There's nowhere to hide behind a yellow beer. I mean, well, we're... We're not adding the, hops or adjunct flavors. The, You're putting the, yourself out there. You know, there. There are a lot of people who have put out Pilsners that they kind of they, they go a little liberal with the hops in them, and it, it does hide things, and it you know it doesn't sure. give you that that full representation of what. Of, yeah. You know. No. I mean, doing a good one. You're putting yourself out there to be judged, and yeah. you know, flaws are easy to find in Pilsners and Lagers. So. Well, I, you know, somebody told me one. We did a whole show just on. We I think we we loaded up every pilsner you could find in Cincinnati at the time, and um, just ran through them all, tasted them all, and then talked about pilsners. And uh, you know, throughout the show, we were talking about how it's it really is like a salute to every ingredient. It's not that there aren't hops; they just there's, aren't. There's that, generous amounts. They're, of hops they're, they're in not there front sure. and center. It's yeah. not that you know the malt isn't there. It's just not front and center. Everything plays really well together, even down to you know the water profile. Mm-hmm. It, plays such a big part in it. It's such an interesting beer which, because Which is, is why that, that, you know, Cincinnati, huge German brewing heritage, brewed good pilsners. And, right. You know, want it's, to keep that trend going. No, it's, it's, it's a balance, a harmony, it's a dance, you know, to get it right. And yeah. we're proud of Vlad. It's it's fantastic. I drank a few of these uh, when I was here last week. 500 miles to Memphis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can crush that. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm having right put, now, put a couple of those down. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me while I drink and create dead air. Well, no, and it, you know, this beer also just, you know, we're, we're getting into this great time of season where the weather is breaking and it's finally looking like something 
um, you know, when it's warm outside. And, you know, so this, this beer is going to be great poolside and, you know, on the golf courses and everything else. But uh, how food friendly it is. I mean, you know, you can throw anything you want at this poultry, seafood, spicy dishes. I mean, you know, being out there and selling this at the accounts. I mean, I'm selling this everywhere from, you know, the pizza joint to the fried chicken joint to the pasta place to the Asian-inspired cuisine. Um, You know, it just just goes everywhere uh, with everything. So, Next up, El Hefe. Yes. Why don't you take the lead on this guy? I love this beer. This is, um, we wanted to make as true to style Hefe Bison as we could with a little more banana nose. Uh, trying to find the right balance of the uh, yeast profile to give us the slight clove finish on there. Another perfect summertime beer, yes, in, yes. especially in my house. So yeah. I, I lean towards the strawberry blondes and things like that. My wife always goes for a half of Sure, sure. Um, yeah, l- low on sulfur notes is what we'd expect for sure. And yeah. It's just a standard half of bison. Fantastic. It's re- <laughs> Thank it, you. It's, it's real juicy, too. I mean, you know, where the banana clove can... As much as it can be a turn on for true Heffy fans, it can also be a turn off, and I I, I like how this has a touch of it, um, but it's also got this great citrus vibe to it. Yeah. It's juicy, um, you know, and it's just again, it's crushable, it's thirst quenching. Oh. You know, this is the one in the pro- profile and the portfolio for me that is thirst quenching. You know? Well, I, I'm curious too with how many people are kind of latching on to this this New England IPA right. thing. When you try something like this with some of that citrus and then that banana coming into like it isn't that far of a stray from you know this, this right. just lower in acid style. lower in acid and so you know I, but i'm curious to some of these you know we, we, we talk about quote unquote gateway beers which is a term that i hate mm-hmm. but there there's so many people that are coming into craft beer now around kind of this new england ipa hype and that's probably all they're drinking that's probably be yeah. their beer and so I'm curious to how many of them can get pushed into other more traditional styles with that, with something like this. It, I don't know. I mean, that's a those New England IPAs are like they are a flavor blast. I mean, they're they're like eating fruity pebbles versus cinnamon toast crunch or right. whatever. You know what I mean? They're just like a it's a blast of flavors. I don't know. I it, that's a tough question to answer. I, it's I, it's interesting to me. I've never you know thought about it that way. It's kind of interesting that uh, yeah, you're right. A lot of people are jumping in on a boat to the these new new. The new haze craze, right? So we're going with the old haze craze. We 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 we're looking at trends, right? And we we honestly think that you know, block might be resetting back traditional styles of beer again. I mean, so. and we're kind of gonna jump right into it here. If you could sum up kind of the what you guys do here on the, on the brewing side, is it leaning more towards the traditional kind of styles, or is uh. it? You could say yes, yeah, yeah, but then we bust out Fuji <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah, and exactly. a beer like Coltrane, and yeah. um, so I, I mean, mean, yeah, we're, we're, we yeah, we're, I, 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 you know, what, what I've noticed from the brewery and what I've kind of latched on and liked is there is definitely a set of core beers that are stylistically correct, very clean, easy to drink, refreshing, um, flavorful. But the comment that I get when I'm out and talking to buyers and accounts is when they when they reply back that the beer is clean, that's like the greatest it compliment is. you can get. Uh, and so we have this really bountiful um, portfolio of the core, which is just that, really clean. Uh, but then we do things like Fuji Brown Ale and Shimmy Shimmy Cocoa Pop and Coltrane and, you know, where... You know, we show our wild side a little bit, too. Right. So, um, you know, I think traditional, you know, as far as the core goes, but then we never let you forget that we, we know how to have fun, too. Yeah. So. Well, and it's nice to have 
a brewery where you can walk in and no matter what you are in the mood for, no matter yeah. what your beer is, you yeah. know, even if maybe like, oh, I just, I really like, you know, dark beers. I really like stouts. Yeah. I just, you know, you know that you've got one, at least one that you can pick That's up right. and is going to fit into that right. kind of thing. Or if, sure. Man, I'm just really in the mood for something like that. I, right. I just want a Pilsner just to I be think, able to walk yeah. in and have I it. I think there's a, a lot of people that go to certain breweries with this mindset of, hey, I know where I want to go when I want to have hops. I want I know where I want to go when I want to have sours. I know where I want to go when I want to have this. The thing about Fretboard and in many other breweries, though, is uh, what we do is you know, we offer something for the masses. And uh, whether you're in the try some different bitter beers or fruit beers or Belgian-influenced things or uh, malty beers or German heritage beers. I mean, we're, we got you covered. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's long and got a lot of depth uh, yeah. with the lineup. How much, how much time do you guys have to sit around and try to think about where those holes are, though, in the, the tap board? Or it, does that even... I, I don't think that matters. I, we rotate through a fairly decent amount of, of beer. Obviously, we have some, some cores that stand around. But, I, you know, we've got, you know, Danny wants to cook up a beer. He's like, this new style or this <laughs> old style that I like a lot, and it sells really well or something like that. So we just we have Monday meetings. We get together. We talk about the beers we're dreaming up of making. The beers I, would, I would love to be able to fly on the, the wall for yeah, this. Yeah. The beers we're going to make. And then, you know, we just put our collective hats together and say, you know what, let's throw it out, let's throw it out there and see what, see if it sticks. You know, I, so we, we, that's, that's our adventurous part, right? So right. collaboration is huge. Teamwork is huge. And then we, we, once we, you know, again, what part of who Fretboard is, is part of your, being exposed to the creative process. Well, and, and you, know, you know, you can, you can, you can, play with that metaphor a lot with the music side of sure, what you guys do sure. and the, the band playing together and somebody yeah. kind of taking some weird riff off of something and turning it into something new and then Correct. You, you, mm-hmm. could, you could go that whole cheesy route of, of yeah. trying to explain the brewing side but right, it right. does fit perfectly it does. you know you guys have you, you've, you've built this this team of people that are very different types of people that have very different beer ideas yeah, yeah. and so it's it's kind of fun to start especially now to kind of start seeing how that's shaping and how it's that's changing kind of like a woodstock of sorts right <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know there's a couple of things in the tank now that are going to be coming out that just you're going to add ammo to yep. uh what we currently have so well we'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> later <laughs> um trey yeah, yeah. It's named after Trey Anastasio, yep. a lead singer of Fish, who's a redhead. Beer's an amber. Yep. This is, you know, when when I saw the name of this beer <laughs> and read the story behind it, um, it, it just gave me a feeling of, uh, you know, these are my people. Uh, I can get behind that. Um, you know, I, I love the Grateful Dead and Fish, and there's a lot of references on our beers and yeah. um, to come in here at 8 in the morning and load up my samples and to walk into a lot of uh, uh, Grateful Dead or Cherry <laughs> Garcia Band or Bob Marley in the morning. I mean, it helps you get your day started. So um, Trey does very, very well for us. And the reason it does so well for us is a couple of things. Uh, one, the liquid's really, really good. Uh, the story behind it makes a lot of sense, too, and it's a fun story to tell. But the other reason that this beer does so well for us is because it is stylistically correct, and it's what people are looking for in an amber. There's a lot of ambers out there that are bitter, and I think that there's a category for amber that's gotten a little bit pushed aside or a little bit bastardized, and people are looking, you know, they want to know when they order an amber, they're going to get an amber. And so right now what you have, Gnome, is a... uh, fruity aromatic beer that segues into malt man yeah. i mean that's what it is 
It's another uh, one that you uh, talked about how how good Vlad goes with different kinds of food. Yeah. This one to me is the one that stands out. That like yeah. I can you I get can, that I can drink nice, this with this. Yeah. I can drink it with this. Tenderloin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You get that nice roast finish on it. Just a slight hint of it. Yeah. yeah it's it's great. You know, I, it's again going back to the the season. It's summertime. Yep. You know, when you fire up a grill, you have to find a beer that goes. You know, I. As much as I love sitting there and drinking a strawberry blonde, if I'm you know grilling up burgers or something, I'm not going to drink a strawberry blonde right. with them. This would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 again dead on yeah. stylistically to what you want out of an amber ale. Sure, a little bit of sweetness, that 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 nice maltiness that just man, it's it's good. It, yeah. Uh, do you think that? Are people afraid to do stuff like this now? Are they? Do you? Is it the? Why? Why have ambers and reds kind of taken this this kind of hoppier turn? And, and I don't. I don't know. Um, you know, I think there are some ambers out there globally that really should be called red IPAs. Um, if nothing else, I think the consumer's a little confused um, because a lot of the the you know of the first four beers that you had. Typically, these wouldn't be something that I would offer someone to consider them a hophead or someone that really right. likes hops. So when you have a consumer out there who is looking for, because Amber's a very old, very traditional style, right? I mean, um, so, you know, there's this mindset of what the flavor should taste like. I don't know where it got so hoppy. Um, now, it is it is a base beer that can show off a hop profile very well, and I can see it makes sense. They, they marry well together, but, um, I mean, I think... a I think the consumer, again, is, is looking for something in the category of an amber that's more malt-focused than hop-focused, um, and I'm really glad that we're, we're yeah. giving them what they're looking for. No, I mean, kudos awesome. to New Belgium, right, because they can hang their hat on an amber beer, right? and they're still, it's probably still their number one selling beer to date. But I yeah, mean, even, you know, you know, locally, Old Firehouse is making Code 3, which I think falls under the radar for a lot of people, and it's a great, nice, sweet sure. red ale, and I, you know, it's... They're they're out there, but mm-hmm. you know it's it definitely by far everybody's kind of turned it into something else. But yeah, I mean, look, great. I mean, there, there's lots of accounts that are surprised to hear when, when I tell them about the results of Trey and you know how much of a performer it is. But then they taste it and they say, "That's obvious. We see why." So you know? on on the sales side, do you see more people looking for stuff like this since? IPAs at this point are kind of a dime a dozen. Like you know, you've it's, already got a couple taps that you know are IPAs. There's it's it's such a mix, Noam. I mean, for as many accounts that I go into that are looking for the one-off, really, you know, hard to get, the weird, right. um, the more expensive, the rare. There's as many, if not more, accounts that are looking for the core, um, and they're looking for the amber and the check pills and the heffy. Um, in the lager, you know that that's kind of what they're looking for. So it's a it's a it's a real fine mix. And, and what's great about that is that again, you know, we have a portfolio that uh, is solid in both places. You know, whether you want to get you know really traditional and um, you know get something that uh, is is what the consumer is looking for and being stylistically correct and clean, we're good there. And if you want to get uh, a little have a little bit more fun and go off the wall and you know do something a little bit different, we do that too. So. Well, let's let's talk about hops a little bit because sure. I have a whole nother flight. Here. You do. S twenty three is the first one. Yep. I think that's. Uh, well, I mean, it was definitely the beer that people first heard about from you guys. It was. How long ago? Jeez, <laughs> four, four years. Um, like this, that. you guys uh, first brewed this with uh, with Ryan Geist as a collaboration. 
Yes. Um, I believe it was 2015 or... Yeah, it was 2015. Yeah. So anybody who doesn't understand how long it takes to get a brewery happening... Um, that gives you just a little bit of a peek at how yeah. long the things were kind of in the works. Um, uh, again, we'll, we'll get to that um, after after the break and, and talk kind of the, the history. And <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about the the, the the story behind the beer. So one of my partners, Joe Sierra, his brother was Sergeant Eric Sierra with Cincinnati Police Department. He had an unfortunate, tragic experience where he was outside. You know, I believe he was washing his Jeep. Uh, just had a brain aneurysm and then unfortunately his life ended abruptly that day and so that kind of springboarded us we were already in the works of trying to create a brewery at that point and we had through a mutual friend they had to set up a meeting with Bryant and Jim Matt from Ryan Geist and I was working on a session IPA for another project it's like you know what let's just take this to them introduce it to them and they liked it a lot they said, you know, we've never brewed a home brewer's beer before, but we like this a lot. And we're going to brew this batch for you. And, we're, they, you know, I love Ryan Guys to that. They took care of all the expenses, all the distribution. We had a big event for it, raised, uh, I'd say, almost $10,000 in a day just for the just for his family. Um, so fast forward now, we continue to make this beer. And 50 cents off of every pint we serve goes to Behind the Badge, which is, uh, you know, a, a, a charity we work with that for either fallen officers or, or for families for fallen officers who are who you know are struggling right now you know to get back right. on their feet again due to a tragedy of some 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 nature so well and i think that people give Rheingeist a lot of undue shit for uh, who they are and, yeah. and i you know i i wish more people could see stories like this and understand stories like this where yeah. You know, they they didn't need to do that. It's, they didn't it's have a, to do it at all. You know, you were you were a nobody to them. You were Correct. a home brewer. Yep. And here, this brewery who now is what the thirty third biggest craft brewery in the country. You know, mm-hmm. you know to be able to take a step back and and do that with you guys and it, you know, oh, it, yeah. was there any name issues with the beer? They no. Um, they they respected everything behind a name. Again, obviously, uh, badge number. They you know they they relinquished all rights to I mean, the recipe and the, and the name after they were done with it which is you know that you know they didn't have to do that but yeah, again I, I, again we I, appreciate I, everything I, they've I, done for I us. wish people understood yeah. that and saw that you know yeah they, granted they, yeah. they do a lot of IPAs and pale ales and nobody sure. can argue that fact but they do them well they do <laughs> get they over do. it yep <laughs> Jim makes um, a hell of a good the, beer. The, the the beer is fantastic. It's nice and sessionable, but it's got some hops going on. It's yeah, nice and, and some, sticky and, and like it's, yep. it's really really good. So this it's, is this is one of the most impressive beers that we make for me because look, I love o- low ABV session IPAs, but typically in almost all of them I've ever tasted before, you know, they kind of fall off the back shoulder a little bit, right? They kind of, you know, that's why we drink so much of them and so quickly. They're, they're, they taste great. There's some bitterness. They're low ABV. But I'm telling you, the amount of hops that are in this beer give it such a great grip that, I mean, this thing pours like a 6% IPA. I mean, there, yeah. there, there's accounts where I go in, I taste them blind on it, and they think, what a great IPA. What's the ABV? And when I tell them it's 4.9 and 49 IBUs, you know, I mean, it, it's it's a it's it's a beer to be taken pretty serious in the session IPA category. This it's is delicious. This is definitely one of those beers where if I am out and I'm 
I'm stuck driving and I yeah. know that I can only have a yep. couple beers. I'm going for something like this because I know I can have a little bit more. And man, they're like it, it doesn't have the 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 body and the mouth feel that a lot of bigger IPAs do. There's not much you can do about that, but right. just that no. flavor is flavor. just it is dead on yeah. to to what to what I want out of uh, yeah. honestly probably what I want out of an IPA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, no doubt, no yeah. doubt. Session or not, it's, it's I, I spent a lot of time awesome. grooming this beer. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's killer. It's it's absolutely I, fantastic. I, you know, one of my favorites was, uh, I think it was called Perpetual Daydream from Shorts, I believe. And that was, to me, one of the best session IPAs I think I've ever had. Oh, yeah. and, that, and I tried to, you know, I was like, if I could get something as balanced as that, I would be pretty happy. So I don't know that I've ever had anything from Shorts that I yeah. enjoyed. Okay, I don't, fair enough. I don't think, but I've, I, I, I sure. haven't had a ton from them. Sure. I, but this is great. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> so if they've got a session IPA that tastes anywhere close to this, <laughs> I, I might uh, change my mind about them. Um, improv. Yes, this is our, our, your standard uh, is American this the IPA. Flagship IPA, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, you know, pretty bare bones recipe. Uh, I think somebody on a tap compared it to a, a, a typical 90s style IPA, which was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is there something wrong with that? <laughs> I don't know. No, but I guess I don't like so what's so nice about it because it's not New England. I don't know. But yeah. Um, yeah. So 7.1%. Yep. 69 IBUs, yeah. uh, Citra and Mosaic House. Yeah. It's, yep. again, you know, it, it is. It's, it's that, that nice, perfect, I don't want to call it a middle-of-the-road IPA, yeah. but it's, it's that perfect kind sure. of just, I want an IPA. Yes. IPA. Yep. I don't want yes. session. I don't want double. Yeah. I don't want, you know, this. It's great yeah Thank it's you. got that it's grapefruit melon thing going on it's 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 you know it got enough bitterness to where um it makes you aware of it but it's not over the top again you know there's a balance and a harmony there and there's nothing wrong with that you know it's just a great flavored ipa yep it's fantastic it makes me burp and every burp tastes really <laughs> good it's, it's delicious <laughs> uh crazy train our uh a belgian pale ale um we came up with a Belgian pale ale recipe. To it was a precursor to your next beer, which is Coltrane, because we needed to crop up our yeast on a on a lighter uh, style of beer just to get the yeast colonized to 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 do a higher gravity alcohol beer. Because this Belgian pale ale, it says no frills. Belgian pale ale. The um, the the the, the Belgianiness is mm-hmm. not too yeah. in your face. Mm-hmm. It, no. it plays with the hops really well. Yeah. Um, I am not the biggest Belgian fan, and I know that's sacrilegious. In, 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 <laughs> we get a lot of that, yeah. Talk, but in something like this, where it plays with the hops, really, like to me, it, it, it adds a whole another kind of layer, and you know, it's. it's good. I, I like is, to call it bubble gum. This is yeah. one of my my favorite beers that yeah. we make because I think it has that European fruity ester kind of feel to it, but then those hops come in and kind of tone it down, and again, balance it out. There's an there's an even keelness to it. Uh, this is a really pretty beer, in my opinion. Um, I think it showcases uh, the elegant side of what we do. Um, and at 5.5%, where you can still have that little taste of European kind of uh, flavor with those fruity esters and that Belgian funk, but then the hops come in. I just think that this is a, a, a very elegant, almost feminine, very pretty, pretty beer that we do. All of these five and a half percent too. Yeah. No, I mean you know it's just a it's another pint pour with a little bit of European influence. People want to drink European influence beers without spending twelve bucks for a twelve ounce tulip, yeah. you know. 
Um, and I think this is a great little, you know, fills that void and just gives us something a little extra ammo as well. So everything one of, one is of my favorites. everything is very aesthetically pretty. Like they all are beers that I want to like put in a big tall glass and sit sure. out in the sun yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. like they're they're gorgeous. Uh, what's next here? Coltrane. Coltrane. Oh boy. This is our uh, Belgian strong ale infused with cherry and fig. After I just told you guys I'm not a big Belgian fan. <laughs> <laughs> so little little known fact here, next time you kids play Jeopardy, um, you know, why we name it Coltrane? Well, uh, a longtime friend, Mr. Jean-Francois Fliché of uh, Taste of Belgium, uh, made me aware that the Belgians are actually uh, considered the ones who created the saxophone. Well, there's a gentleman named John Coltrane that used to play a little saxophone back in the day, I think made 23 albums in his career. Uh, so when we were talking about making this Belgian beer and coming up with a name, I think Coltrane just has a, a strong feel to it as far as a name goes. And it allows us to tell that story out there a little right. bit, too. Uh, but what you got there, my man, is 8.7% uh, Belgian strong ale with some cherry and some fig. All right. I stand corrected. The, you like Belgian the, beers now? The, the, no. I, yeah. <laughs> I like this beer. The, the fruit, again, plays with the Belgianness yeah. and, yeah. and, and, and kind of bounces off of each other. and. I, that's really good. It's, it's, it's a really unique beer that we've made, and it's it's unlike I think anything other we've made to date. This honestly. would be really good in a wine barrel. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. or something right. like that. Maybe like, yeah. yeah. The mouthfeel on this thing, Noam, is, is uh, real soft, real marshmallow, pillowy, yeah, you know, kind of airy, very dessert like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool beer, cool beer. That's, that's awesome. And again, you know, when you taste beers like Reba and Vlad and Trey, and then you come out with that. I mean, you know, it's something you didn't see us see coming, you right. know, and, I, and I like that a lot. I like that a lot about a brewery yeah, when you is. when you think, okay, these guys are really good at making these really clean, you know, uh, profile traditional beers and everything else. You know, that's their thing. And oh no, wait a minute, they also do this and this and that. And this is dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> this is, uh, yeah. it goes down really yeah. easy. <laughs> It's, no, it's, cool it's really good. I, um, I, we were talking a few shows back. We were drinking a uh, sour beer that was made with green figs or something. And I still don't really know what a fig tastes like because mm. I've never had a it's fig. Prunes, kind of pruny. Yeah. Datey. I mean, you've had, what, uh, Fig Newtons, right? Well, yeah, but well, I, is that really a fig flavor? <laughs> it's there. I guess there's some sugar additives to it this at that point. Like but yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is, this yeah. is awesome. Like, this Thank, is, Thank you. This this may be my favorite one tonight. Right on. it's, it's thank you. Give me a second while I drink the rest. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, do it, do it. Yeah, the, again, the the fruit with that that Belgian kind of flavor that I it it, it plays off each other really well. It's yeah. it's good. We were at a pint night last night, Delhi Liquor, and you know it went over extremely well. And uh, this is also on tap. You know, kind of went around with a growler one day to a bunch of accounts and just you know. Hey, thumbs up, thumbs down, kind of limited. Do you want it or not? Um, all thumbs up. So, you know, we were able to to get it out and, you know, OTR, Norwood on the east side. Uh, um, you know, you'll see this beer popping up here and there. I got, got a couple of accounts that are hanging on to it for special occasions so because of its rarity. But, yeah, no, turned out turned out there's, pretty well. There's nothing like this being made right now in Cincinnati, which is, which is what's fun. I mean, right. you know, it, as much as you guys have some really killer traditional stuff here mm-hmm. with the, the Pilsner and, you mm-hmm. know, the, the Hefeweizen, yeah. There are other Hefeweizens around that are good. There are other Pilsners around that are good. But there's nothing that I have found that's that's this kind of profile. Yeah. It's, 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 it's awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Well done. Thanks. Uh, let's take a really quick break. 
and then we'll come back and we will dig into fretboard and we'll figure out who the hell you guys are and right. what's going on here. Sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back since he broke us. If anybody that is on Instagram, you know, if you guys have any questions, any comments, anything like that, feel free to chime in. That's what makes being live fun. Hi, Raging Hop. <laughs> we'll be back since he the voice of Cincy Craft. If I can pull it up. The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today, right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we, uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. And you have more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> We're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hi, this is Mike Stokes from Cincy Brew Bus. Cincinnati's craft beer scene is growing, and we want to take you to those locations. Here at Cincy Brew Bus, we love to introduce people to craft beer here locally in Cincinnati. We have an amazing craft beer scene. We have lots of routes to choose from and a lot of different places we can visit. Cincy Brew Bus is Cincinnati's premier and original craft brewery tour. We're the number one rated tour for breweries on TripAdvisor. We're the number one rated food and drink experience on TripAdvisor. And we're also the number two total tour overall on TripAdvisor here for Cincinnati. At Cincy Brew Bus, we provide a VIP tour experience for the novice and for the expert craft beer drinker. We like to take you out, show you how the beer is made, tell you about Cincinnati's rich brewing history, and at the same time, have fun, do some trivia, and drink some locally made fresh craft beer. I look at I look at the Bud Light drinkers out there as a you know a forest and harvester. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Brickcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> We're back, Cincy Brewcast. I always say the exact same thing every time we come back from every commercial on every single show, and I'm going to start changing that up, I promise. I'm going to be a better podcaster because... You guys deserve better. 
Oh, yeah. Now I don't know what to say, though. (laughs) Uh, So I guess we can tell you how to get in touch with the show. We're supposed to, like, give, they call them calls to action. And I think you're supposed to do that for people every once in a while. So anybody wants to get in touch with Cincy Brewcast, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com. Tell me what you hate about the show, and I'll probably reply because I have a sensitive ego, and I will tell you why you're wrong. Um, you can also leave a voicemail uh, if you give me a second to pull up the number because we have a new number finally. Um, you can call us at 567-70-DRINK. I thought that was pretty easy to remember. 567-70-DRINK. Or if you need the numbers because you don't understand the letters on the phone because I don't know if they have them anymore <laughs> with uh, the advent of cell phones. 567-703-7465. If you say something fun, um, maybe I'll put it on the show. I don't know. But, you know, we'll figure it out. So, yeah. How you guys doing? Doing good. Uh, <laughs> live, Cadillac. Yeah, live, live music started here yeah. at Fretboard. You can, you can probably hear it a little bit. I you know It's always hard to tell how much is coming through yeah. versus the headphones. But, Loot Man Dan. Um, let's talk about Fretboard. The idea to do a brewery coupled with a music venue is probably, I I, I don't want to call it, um, some people say it's not the smartest way to do things, to split up the, the, uh, the attention when you're trying to get started. But other people would look at places like this and places like Urban Artifact and be like, you know what? It makes perfect sense. It works really well. How did that kind of... How did it come about? Was there any any feet dragging? Any... We shouldn't do it this way? It's, it's too much? No. Um, you guys were all on the same page from the get-go. So the, the original founder, Jim, Joe, and myself, we uh, were all musicians, right? So we uh, music was the foreground of this theme of the whole brewery from, from the inception. So, no, there was no feet dragging. Um, if you look at older renditions of a different building that we had, we actually had... Uh, would have been really was cool. Six String? Was that the name? We were actually we were Six String Brewers <laughs> at the time, right? Before the... The, the, the name battle, but uh, it, we actually had six music comp studios, and, and I don't want to. A lot of people think we have recording studios. We do not have recording studios. We just have practice spaces. So I don't want to clear that there. But uh, we actually had soundproof glass windows in our architectural designs in the tap room, so bands could run out the space, lights on, lights off. They could turn on. Patrons could watch, go actually plug in headphones to that sound room and listen, and it would have been soundproof glass. You wouldn't have been able to hear them unless you plugged in, and it would be really cool. You could see them, you know. (laughs) You know, again, again, it's not a joke. We are part of. We want to share the creative process of what it takes. You don't get to hear the intakes, the outtakes, or whatever it takes to get to the final end of a product, right? So we want to show that with beer. That's why you can see the brewery. Plain as day, you can see the brew deck from the tap room. We want to bring people into the creative journey, and then you know they feel like they're part of the process, and we want people to feel like they're part of the process. And then you you know, 
some, something doesn't make the cut, a beer doesn't make the cut, or a song doesn't make the cut, you know, you'll, people don't know that, right? So they get to at least be part of the experience to see that happen. Right. So that was our whole goal was to try somehow, some way to infuse beer with music on the creative journey. So I assume you guys met through music? No, actually, we're all high school buddies. Yeah, and we just became friends. Yeah, I would say through. Yeah, you'd say through music, right? High school drama, whatnot, and that Joe being in a band, Jim and Joe being longtime bandmates, and me being a longtime band fan of their band, and <laughs> me playing campfire guitar, things like that. Right. But yeah. So we, but we've never lost touch, and we've been friends for. Jeez, feeling old. Now I'm gonna date myself. 25 years now, something like that. Yeah. Do you ever like do the math in your head for things like that and like think I'm not old enough for that to be right? And then you do it again. I'm like, yeah, I do. And then you do it again. And yeah. you do it again. Yeah. And I'm like, why do I have kids that are so young? It doesn't still? make sense. Yeah. 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 Um, so, the idea for the brewery started. Um, how long ago did you say? I would say, geez, at this point. Four, four years ago now, roughly. Yeah, um, I was just a, an avid home brewer at the point at that time. Yeah. So uh, let's let's talk about that for just a sure, second. There's sure. a lot of people that uh, a lot of industry people will call them that uh, when they start ragging on the the, the community and, and what's happening and how big it's getting, one of their go tos is to say that oh, it's just another home brewer starting another yep. brewery. Yep. And you can't look at a place like this and say it wasn't done right because it clearly was done right. We, you know, you, we, we hope so. <laughs> you guys didn't cut corners on on either end of the business: the tap room, the brewery, the beer. Like none of that is sacrificed to do something. The beer is fantastic. Um, why do you think people rag on the home brewer to pro brewer jump? Uh, do they expect everybody to like put in some kind of blood, sweat, and tears in another brewery first? Like, uh, I, I, I can't answer that, Danny. Why do you think? <laughs> wow, I mean, I, you, I think I'm sure you've heard oh, that comment too, so I've many times, it, yeah. and, and probably even are um, probably can even say that I've even said it a couple of times. You know, um, I, I, you know. I think, you know, maybe there's just a, a, a misunderstanding and uh, there's, you know, probably even some maybe a little jealousy and there might even be a little bit of truth to it. I mean, you know, there 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 are some breweries that I think they, you know, got started because, you know, neighbor Bob said the beer was good and, you know, got some money and, you know, started a little brewery. Now, um, I think some of those aren't around anymore and, and you know, time will tell, but uh, there's enough, you know, enough beer for everybody to go around. I'm finding that out now. I mean, look, the, the tap handle game, being draft only, it's not the easiest game out there. I mean, you know, um, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to get out there and to see what's working at each account and, you know, uh, what works at one place doesn't at the other. And, uh, you know, and it does really does show you that, you know, there's, a, there's enough for everybody. Uh, so, you know, in the long term, you know, I still think there'll be a shakeout and we'll see what happens. But, you know, I don't know, you know, you're correct. I mean, that that is said a lot, you know, but then there are stories like ours um, that, you know, uh, that is the case how we started. There's a lot right. of breweries that that's, that's how they started. Well, and there's, there's a lot of know? breweries that, that are making 
not awesome beer that are from some guy that did put in his time yeah. at another brewery, you know, working as a shift yeah. brewer, and then he comes to do his own yeah. thing, and yeah. all hell breaks loose and it all falls apart. Right. So, you know, I don't think that there's a right and a wrong way to do this. Either. That's what I makes it so fun. I, I yeah. think, honestly, everybody's unique, right? Everybody's story is unique. Everybody's situation is unique. Everybody's business plan is unique. So it's kind of, it's not, I don't think you can compare two breweries and ever get to the point where you're comparing apples to apples, right? It, right. So I, yeah, it, I, I get that, but yeah. My whole goal was to start up a brewery with, with two good friends of mine, and now I've got eight, ten good friends now. You've and, got, and if you keep making beer like this, you've got a lot yeah. more than eight or ten good Fair friends. Enough, thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, we just I, my whole goal was to make, I wanted to, you know, I spent a lot of years homebrewing, curating my, my, my recipes to get them to where they are now. And then, you know, obviously to win gold medals on, on a homebrew level, then to bring them here on a, on a professional level, it's bit, I'm happy with the way they're turning out, right? You know, and I still always think there's room for improvement. So I just, I never stopped trying. I never stopped trying to make things better. I didn't, quality was a huge goal of mine from the get go. And, you know, to to answer your question, I I think if any brewery who's starting up now who doesn't have a, 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 even a bare bones basic quality control program in place, it's, it's probably. Doing them a little injustice. Right yeah, you now. guys, yeah. You, you guys started with a lab space, a dedicated lab space. Yes. Uh, you know, I know that that, that Mad Tree talks about it a lot locally, and you can see the effort that they've put into to create a, a really deal. crazy lab program. There's a lot of breweries that don't have anything, and that to me is is crazy to yeah. to, to neglect an entire part of what it means to make beer. It, 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 like I said, everybody's situation is unique. They might have the means to start up with, and then again, right, I, right. I guess, so I, I, I yeah, it's, right, it's, right. It's always tough to, to try and put blinders on, right, and do our own thing. But we we just wanted to do our own thing. I so I I know the public compares other one brewery to another, and I we never set out to be compared or to be like somebody. We just wanted to do our own thing, blaze our own trail, and you know that's it. What is, and this is one of my favorite questions when somebody starts up, what is what is your measure of success? How, At what point do you look at what this is and be like, all right, we hit it? Or what point are you looking for to hit and say, all right, we, we did what we set out to do? Uh, let's use Ryan Geis as an example, right? right? You don't even have to know the name Rheingeist right now. All you got to see is their little ghost logo, and you know on a store shelf who they are, at least locally, right? Right. I don't know. I think that may be one facet of a measure of success, at least in the retail space, right? To be recognized, if not regionally, nationally, you know? So I I think successfully we, we've gotten to our almost six-month mark, and we're brewing. We're, we're turning tanks Every we're turning four tanks a week. We're brewing beer like Mad Dog. So to me, people are drinking our liquid. That's a measure of success, and right. If people are talking about us, negative or positive, we're getting feedback. We're being talked about. So right. you know, we're making some type of a vibration in the city. That's it. Yeah. It still isn't 
there's there's that's not a line. It's not. So look, if you want me to draw a line on monetary, I can't do a no, line no, 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 monetary because I don't. It doesn't matter to me, right? I mean, I I want to be able to hang my hat at the end of the day and say, you know what, we make good freaking beer. So people enjoyed beer, and and it and it's selling out in the market. Yeah. So you've already hit that though. I don't know if we'd hit that yet. No, I, mean, I still think we're trying out enough beers right now to. To, to not even know what our we may know what two of our cores are but we don't know what our top six are yet you know what I mean so that we could if we if and when we decide to go to packaging we know what to hit the market with right so I so no I don't know Would we, are we successful no we're still in our startup honeymoon in my opinion honestly and that's you know to make good beer and to make people happy with good beer I mean, you guys, you guys nailed that from pretty damn close to day one. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah. it's you know that's a, that's a hard or an easy measure yeah. of success for for what you guys have done here, and it's you know, yeah. uh, it, it again. Everything about this place is fantastic. If anybody hasn't been here, you you walk into the space, big tap room, stage on one end of it. Um, it looks like there's actually a dance floor right now. Is that yes. permanent or is that just from prom? Actually, you know that might stay permanent. We don't. It, it, it's a, it's a removable dance floor. You know, it, it, thank you, thank you, Lucy and Jim for donating the new two neighbors of mine who said they have a party in their backyard every year. And they have a shared backyard with another two close friends of theirs, so they have a big party. And he's like, you know. We don't use this dance floor that much. Do you want it up at the brewery? I'm like, yeah. So we had our primary event last Saturday, and it was a great opportunity to just to, to, to hook it up and, and try it out. And it might be a permanent fixture. We don't know. So, so you walk in, that's one end. The yeah. other end is more of your standard kind of tap room. Yeah. Uh, high tops, low top tables, bar. You've got... A really amazing bar with the whole idea of the music thing. It's sure. it's a fretboard. It's you know a guitar fretboard strung across the top of the tap room. I don't know how many people actually see it and appreciate it when they're in here um, when the lights are at a certain point and everything. It's it's guitar strings strung yeah. across. It's it's really a fantastic yeah. space. You guys have, you. you guys have done great here. Thank you. Um, you talked a little bit about you know Danny. You mentioned trying to sell. Draft only, and then you kind of yeah. mentioned a little bit, Brad, about you know, you know, when and if we decide to go to packaging, um, when and are you going to go to packaging? <laughs> is it is it a discussion right now? Is it a thought? Is it a need? Is it a yeah? It's a discussion and a thought, and and the answer, honestly, I'm a mathematician by trade, so the answer is it depends. It, when we have to. Does that make sense? I don't know how else to explain that. Well, why, why strategy that yes. we're putting in place, and when we feel like to put it in, in full place, we will. Yeah. You know? but right? wh- why does a brewery have to go to packaging? Why does a brewery? Well, I think want everybody's a little bit different. You know, I mean, you know, our strategy, you know, definitely, um, you know, talks about what we're doing now, what the next move is, and then you know, the next couple and uh, package is, is is part of that conversation. But you know, right now there's. You know, the plan is, you know, for, for taproom success and for, you know, Cincinnati success. And, you know, I just spent a couple of days in Dayton recently and, you know, um, getting out there. And, and, you know, that's a very savvy drinking area. And, you know, having a little that's bit more presence up That's that big Cincinnati there. suburb to the north, right? Yes. That? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Home of the know, Wright Brothers. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's not a set date or a time or anything, you know, but, um, you know, there's a game plan to build towards things. And, um, you know, so that's what we're doing right now. I mean, and, and 
you know, those are successes too. Is is having a an idea of, of uh, a goal and what you need to do to start to reach those goals, and, and we're doing those things. Um, so, you know, for me, the successes are you know a, a busy tap room with new faces, but then also people that are in here four or five times a week. Um, the successes are, you know, the, the bands that want to come back and be part of it. Um, it's the liquid that goes out of here. It's going from delivering two days a week to three days a week to four days a week. It's adding new people to the team, uh, both on the bar and in the brewery and on the sales team. And, and you, know, every, you know, those are successes. I mean, the, the, those are real successes, you know, because we're, we're adding people to the team and... Um, uh, that's how we're gonna gonna get there, or those small successes will lead to those big ones. So we're 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 doing what we're said we would do, and what we're trying to do. You know, I've only been on this team now for almost six weeks, and uh, um, I feel very much a part of it, and I'm having fun there. And, you know, I've always been the kind of guy that you know when I go out there and sell that keg, I know that I'm not selling that keg for Danny Gold. I'm I'm selling it for prep board and maybe that bartender that I've never met before, or the guy who works at the you know barbecue you know smoke out there you know it, it, it all comes back to one and, and we all benefit from it so you know those are successes and that's how you're going to grow too so it's a lot of fun so going, going back to packaging yep. <laughs> it depends it, it just it's it's not it's not a need not it's a need right now. Not though. even necessarily a want right now. It is well, it not right now. A, yeah, not, not right, right now. now. Um, it, honestly, you know, retail is a scary market to go into. It really is, and, and, and we wanted to we wanted to really understand our, our draft market first, at least locally, and maybe obviously with you know Dayton, we're starting moving to that market a little bit. Um, it, we didn't want to try to take on two businesses from the get-go, and, and I ultimately feel like that that's two avenues of a business that it, you know it, it's tough managing draft. It would be tough. It would be even more tough managing draft and retail. You know. You know, so. it's it's you know it's it's not needed right now, no. and I'm not saying that we're going to go to package when we absolutely need it. We're just trying to check mark off some things and yeah. build up towards it, and so we're just building up towards it. Yeah. B- building. Like comfort, maybe is that a better way to put it? A place where you can kind of. Well, I, I guess it's it's nice to have one goal. It's it's nice to have twenty goals, but when you when you can work one time to ach- or not one time, but you can work dedicated one hundred percent to achieve that one goal. Or are you going to split sixty percent each way, or twenty or thirty percent each way to five goals? You know what I mean? It makes sense to just let's drive to one goal, and yeah, and you know, it, it makes sense to, to in a business sense. You know, we're we're that. getting we're getting you know new accounts every day, yeah. and the draft only thing is working for us right now, um, and so we're just gonna keep feeding that and riding that yeah. horse. Um, and then when we're all ready and we think it's time, I mean, you know, there's a lot of smart people, you know, a lot of veterans really that that are that are involved now and. and uh, we've been through this and, you know, uh, got an idea and a game plan, and uh, we're just putting those little things in position. Like I said, I, I've been on board for five, six weeks. I mean, the brewery's only been around for since, you know, late last year. Yeah, so. just shy of six months. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we're just we're just checkmarking stuff off, and as we get closer, we'll get closer, and when we're ready, we'll we'll, yep. we'll knock it out. I mean, we, we've, got a, we've got a business plan. We've, we're, we're staying the course of what we're trying to do. Obviously, our goals can change. They Probably will at some point, right. but you know, but we're you know, it's got to got to work towards something, right? So, so what we feels right. Let's let's talk about 
the things that have happened in those six months. You sure. know, personnel uh, additions has been uh, a big kind of talking point with people. Uh, I can't tell you how many text messages from both Kevin and Danny coming on board that I got. Yep. People, did you see this? <laughs> did, did you see what they did? You know, so Kevin was working with you guys pretty early on. He was. Um, the He's very familiar with your brew system. Yes. And um, was running his consulting business. Mm-hmm. Was that thought in your head at the time? Maybe, maybe when things fall into place, we could get him here. That's a tough answer. Uh, yes. Um, ultimately, the answer is yes, right? Um, Kevin meshed with what we were doing. I mean, you know, the music, the, the, the startup. Kevin's never been part of a startup before, it sounds like, you know, so... He really liked what we were doing. He dug what we were trying to do. He really, it, you know, honestly, we loved it. Jim and Joe played at the Barrel House Brewing Company years and years ago. And uh, we really dug that vibe and that theme of what they did. Fortunately, they were a little too early. And, you know, they sucks they fizzed out. But their venue was fantastic. So, you know, um, Kevin really dug that place. And, and obviously, three, four paths merging together. We got Kevin for a month on contract, and uh, he went away. His presence was, his, his, his lack of presence was felt, right? And uh, he was still available on call. And you know, we we just Jim, Joe, and I, you know, just talked to, talked amongst ourselves and pitched an idea to Kevin, and not thinking he'd bite on it, he bit. So you know, it was yeah, we yeah. What is? Can you kind of explain his role here, kind of in sure. less technical jargon? Sure. Kevin's went off. Kevin is the um, he's called the conductor. Should I wait? No, let's keep talking. Okay. Uh, so I'm head of brewing operations. Uh, Kevin came in to Kevin knows a lot about the industry that obviously we lacked in knowledge for so we brought Kevin in to be a a man of many hats so Kevin he helps us out with marketing he helps out with the brewing side Um, he helps out with the sales side he helps out with the taproom side so hence the conductor you know we, we have a vision, and, and Kevin keeps us on track of, 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 of obtaining that vision and, and achieving it, achieving the goal. Hence the name Conductor. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then, shortly after Kevin comes on board, yep. the news comes out that Danny has come on board. Now, yeah. Danny, we have to kind of dive into your story a little bit deeper. You know, So you've had... Kind of a, a crazy. I mean, how long has the whole journey since Eight Ball closed till now been? Eight Ball closed April first, two thousand and. Was it sixteen? Was it sixteen? Yeah, yeah. So not that long. Not that long. From there. From there, I went to Indiana, and I worked for a restaurant group. Um, a distillery and a brewery, all owned by the same um, 
same couple of guys, and uh, learned a lot, had a, f- a ton of fun. Um, it's a great experience. Um, and then uh, had the opportunity to uh, get back closer to home because it, it was a was a long time right. away. Um, and when that opportunity came about, I listened. Um, you know, uh, uh, Kevin and I have worked extremely well together for many, many years, going back to Clock Brothers when, you know, he knocked a bunch of stuff out when he was doing the Listerman's Triple Digit thing. So um, there's a lot of a lot of respect there. Um, we knew that we worked well together. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're driven by the same things and uh, have a lot in common. And um, there's just a good vibe between us. So. Um, you know, coming in here and tasting the liquid and uh, getting to know the culture and the mentality uh, and knowing that it was close to the home. And I like the idea of, you know, a smaller uh, startup uh, kind of thing. I like that challenge, too. You know, um, I, I, I really enjoy going into places where, you know, they have heard of us or they haven't yet. And so you get to tell that story. And when they, again, they, they taste the liquid, they hear the story, they, they, they hear the enthusiasm and everything else. And, uh, that's, a, that's a fun, fun thing for me. So, so Quaff Brothers that stayed there. So in another form of that will, will happen here. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, it, it's it's. I won't be producing anything. I guess I can't say that. Um, yeah, I, I, I I'm not currently tied in with with Quaff Brothers currently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, but but what Quaff Brothers is, is exactly is bigger is, than a name. It, yeah. Right, right, right. You know, and and that's about friendships, and that's about you know uh, collaborating, and that's about pushing the envelope, and that's about. You know, putting beers in barrels, but using wood to, um, you know, really be something different uh, and unique and, um, you know, throwing a lot of flavors at stuff. And so that'll all happen. Everything that Quaff Brothers was about, you know, was, you know, not lost and is still around. Um, But, you know, using that name, um, that was a real fun ride just like A-Fall was and, and everything else but uh, it always is yeah. yeah and I was just talking to somebody last night and he was telling me about their cellar and all the Quaff Brothers beers they had in it and uh, you just recently had some with Kevin uh, at his at, at his place so you know look it, it, it was fun uh, definitely you know planted the seed for some barrel aging things around here I made some amazing friends uh, created some unbelievable beers and um, yeah it was it was a complete success um, and you know but that was just a that was just a name um, you know cool. the, the, the mentality lives on the idea lives on the spirit lives on uh, and it was a different time a different place and what beer is in Cincinnati I think that the spirit of Quaff Brothers certainly lives on in a lot of different things here in Cincinnati but you don't necessarily need that single entity to exist to bring them together anymore. I think yeah. that it's it's created something that, you know, has grown and changed into something yeah. else. Yeah, I, I'd like to think that I was part of something in the beginning that, you know, was this bind and friendship and, you know, um, yeah, like I said, you know, man, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I have no regrets. Made some killer, killer beers. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, just going to bring that same concept and mentality and fun thing here. And, uh, yeah. So let's talk about barrel aging, then. Sure. <laughs> sure. 
Do it. So, since you've got Danny and you've got Kevin here on board, you know, two of probably, you know, one of the the biggest kind of collaborative forces in barrel aging beer in Cincinnati. Uh, what's going on with that? I mean, you guys, have you, you've done a couple couple like smaller barrel releases with but did you do something natty dried in a barrel we have not so it is still barrel aging okay <laughs> we actually took some samples today to get quite honest with you um, they're not there yet so we've actually got we've got a i can talk about a beer release next week it's called lego beast which is our uh, russian imperial style 10 percent. i can't remember the ibus i don't know 50 60 ibu something like that but it's a uh, it's a russian imperial style infused with maple and coffee that's barrel aging right now, but we do have kegs available on the Cinco de Mayo weekend, so we'll be serving in the tap room. But we do have our, our first barrel aging program. We got six barrels back there right now that have uh, Natty Dread sitting in them. And then uh, we did the same thing again with the Lego Beast. So that's barrel aging right now. So we're starting a barrel aging program slowly but surely. How 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 big of a focus is that going to be? Uh, that's a, or is it still too early to make that? Still too early to make that. I I, I don't necessarily. Th- I shouldn't say this. I don't necessarily think we're going to be a barrel aged beer only company, right? But it will be part of our program. It'll be part of our portfolio. Uh, we want a barrel aging program, so we've already got that in place with two batches of beer right now. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, yeah, we we you know they may end up in bottle releases and taproom only things of that nature. We're not sure yet. We haven't really discussed the right. the details and hacked all those out yet. So, but yeah, barrel aging is it's part of it. I'd like to do a Solera program, but I you know I just this isn't the right facility to to introduce. Quite honestly, infections into so right. you know. Luckily, you guys are in a part of town that has lots of facilities around. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, you, which we we have to mention that too. You guys have you know opened up in a part of town that very short time back had nothing going on, no breweries. People went to work, then they turned around and they went home and they just left here. And you're now part of sure. one of the little pockets of breweries. You know, there's there's three here in, in Blue Ash, yep. and um, like that's it's fun to see that it happening, is. and fun to see, especially with with Blue Ash, three very different breweries from each other, three breweries that fill very different kinds of needs for for drinkers, and sure. it's um, it's you know fun to watch. I don't think yeah. there's not a question in there or anything. It's right, just right. you know something right. I need to point out. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool because we get we get a lot of compliments and comments and feedback from Sycamore Township parents. You know, you know, younger younger type of demographic. Right. You know, mid thirties, early thirties, things like that. Who have children in high school and, and they love. We get a lot of comments saying, you know, we love getting an Uber ride for two miles and right. we just have to go right back home. We don't have to right. go downtown. We don't have to go up north. We don't. Have, it, it, it's kind of cool. You know, I, I, apparently it's it's. The feedback we've gained is almost like we've filled a gap that, you know, for that, sure. you know, at least in this pocket area, for sure. Yeah. What's coming soon? What's, uh, what's, what, what's in tanks that you can talk about? What's, uh... Well, the newest thing is the beer that's in front of you, which, which is Which I, I just took my first sip of, and it's yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 6.1% brown ale, uh, cinnamon. I need to take a bite uh, of one of these French toast. French toast, toast uh, influence there, so some maple and some vanilla flavors. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so that's Fuji, uh, which just got released today. I hope my chewing and crunching comes across <laughs> yeah. on it, because it really does taste like French toast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
think somebody likened it to uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's awesome. It's thank you. Whole different world from everything else that we tried tonight. Sure, definitely um, very far from Vlad or Reba or something like that. It's um, but it's it's fantastic. It's it, yeah. it, it, it still has kind of a. Uh, a drinkable kind of, I hate you know everybody shits on the word drinkable but it's it, it, it goes yeah, it's, it goes it's down still easy six point one percent I think I think you know when you smell a beer that has this uh, intense of a bouquet and a lot of flavor that's there I think you expect it also to be kind of boozy uh, but it's not you know being just a hair over six uh, it still has great drinkability it still comes off you know not heavy so yeah. that was a another yeah. successful hit. That maple comes through really good on the yeah. aroma. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, so that's the newest one. I mean, before that was Reba and Coltrane. And, uh, you know, as Brad mentioned, you know, Leg of Beast is coming. You know, we do have some beers and barrels. And, uh, there's some other, you know, new things coming on that uh, we should be releasing on social media here real, real soon. So, um, yeah, just trying to keep up with it all. And, that was a know. really great no answer answer. <laughs> Be on the lookout for another double IPA. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah get, get, a, get a dip on the tank. Uh, that, that's going to do really well for us. And, Next weekend. Um, you know, we're even playing around with some unique things that maybe have not been done. So yeah. um, that's around the corner real yep. close, too. Things that haven't been done. Yeah, you know, looking at uh, so we did center field. Did you have a right. chance to try? I did. Field? I did. India yeah. session pilsner. India session pilsner. Um, and and we like that idea, and we think we can be really good at it. And we think that uh, um, you know there's there's something to really invest into that style. Uh, so you know, you know we're, we're 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 playing around with that too, and you know, growing that too. So it, it, it may mm. sound gimmicky. Riddles, uh, riddles. <laughs> another segue, right? So it, it, look, we we, uh, we believe in India Session Pilsner style of beer, so we we want to take the two most popular styles of beers, which are lagers, right, and IPAs, but we want to make a sessionable beer out of it. We want to use some some seriously good German noble hops. We want to use popular American hops. Put them in the same style of beer together and do something we feel nobody else has done before. So, right, and it, I think there there was a spark on the on, on, on social media about well this is nothing new. Well, maybe it isn't, but I, nobody's doing it that we know of. Right. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're putting a lot of weight behind in the session pilsners right now. We're going to run a whole series of them, and you know we started off with center field. We've got got a couple more coming up eventually so i you know awesome yeah just, you know they're lager they, they, we're just trying to trying to mix a, an old tried and true german brewing technique you know reinheitz got type style mixed with american ipas in a sessionable fashion it's so certainly nothing that is being done around here that i yeah. I, I don't know if it's being done anywhere else, but it's definitely not being done around here. So, so yeah, and that's 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 basically our, our new thing that we're we're coming out with right now. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I love everything you guys are doing. Thank you. From from the beer, and you know, obviously that's a very important part of this place. To the other side, the music. Um, how many nights a week are you guys doing music typically? Typically just two, Fridays and Saturdays, but obviously tonight's a Thursday. If we have a new beer release and, 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 and we feel that it, it, it would 
compliment somebody playing on stage for that beer release, we'll do that as well. You guys, again, yes. kicking ass on that side. The food, you guys have barbecue yep. in-house, which I think people need to know because yes. Yes. there's so Smoked many people complain Cincy. about. Smoked out Cincy. Uh, yes, they, they make some seriously kick-ass wings. Really it's one of the best I've ever food. had. Yeah. You guys are doing good. Thanks, man. Thank you. Um, is there a patio coming in the future? Potentially. Okay. Because that we need that now, too, as the weather is getting warm. Yeah. It makes me crave yeah. a patio. So we're, we're, we're looking into a few outdoor options right now. What do you want people to know about Fretboard that they do not currently know? I know. If you want to come enjoy some seriously good live music, we handpick some of the best live music around town, and we hand craft some of the best beer i think so the, yeah you know, come check us out going back to the music so yeah. when i when i came in for 500 miles to memphis i was blown away at how good it sounds in this room yeah. Yeah. i've been to a lot of breweries that have music sometimes that sound terrible it's 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 it, sure. it blows you away you can't hear anything it's it, it turns into a muddy mess i don't know how you guys have done it in i it doesn't make any sense but it sounds great it's <laughs> It, it, Knock on wood, the installation actually <laughs> helps out with the uh, sound dampening, honestly. It, it, it really does. It, it sounds fantastic in here. Thank it's a you. great place to hang out and watch music or drink beer or do both at the same sure, time. Sure. So, um, You guys are kicking ass. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys Thanks, for, no. for having me out here. We, yeah. um, we'll definitely be back in the future, and we will talk about what you're doing then because I'm sure that... Um, we're only scratching the surface of what this place is going to be. Who I, knows what the future holds? I, I have a sneaking suspicion that you guys are going to uh, be something pretty big in Cincinnati and, <laughs> and beyond eventually. So, thank you, um, thank you guys, everybody that's listening. Please share the show with your friends. Follow it on social media. Follow Fretboard on social media. Um, I'm pretty sure they are either Fretboard or Fretboard Brewing on every kind of platform that you can imagine. So. Um, just search around. Probably not Snapchat. You guys aren't on Snapchat. I don't even understand Snapchat, so you guys probably aren't there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Since you brewcast. Thanks, Dome.